Hey friends, this is Heather Vickery and you've tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. We're the bravest little corner out in the world and we're glad to have you here with us. And listen, if you like the idea of bringing a little more brave into your life, then I invite you to join us in the Brave on Purpose Collective. We are in Facebook and you can come hang out with us. Simply go and search Brave on Purpose in Facebook, answer three little questions and get started. This is where you can be with an entire community of people who are embracing their fears and then learning what those fears really are and leveraging that knowledge and those fears into intentional bravery. Because here is what we know for sure. When you choose bravely on purpose, you choose bigger, you win bigger, and it's contagious. Take this week's guest, for example. Terry Tucker started his life following his father's dreams and ignoring his own passions. He, of course, didn't realize any of this until after his father had passed away. But then he started to live his life on his own terms and do the things that he'd always dreamed of doing. And then right in the middle of this dream life, he got cancer. Again and again and again. But Terry is a survivor. And while he knows that cancer will eventually take his life, he's not interested in giving up because Terry doesn't believe that life is just about him. He believes that his story can change hearts and minds, and he wants to live a life that leaves a positive, loving impact on the people around him. The thing he most wants others to know is that risks are worth taking and life is worth living. Life is too short and failure is too good to pass up. I love Terry. He's got a lot of great energy. I can't wait to share this episode with you. Let's get to it. Faith, family, and friends. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. All right, friends, we are each and every one of us designed to live a unique and extraordinary life. And today's guest, Terry Tucker, has literally done all of it in his life. I don't know. The man's done everything. He's been an NCAA Division I college basketball player. We all know this ought to be fun. I don't sports ball, Terry. So we'll have to see how that goes. A Citadel cadet, a marketing executive a hospital administrator, an undercover narcotics investigator, a SWAT team hostage negotiator, a high school basketball coach, a business owner, a motivational speaker, an author, and most recently, a cancer warrior. And he's here today to talk about his own journey towards discovering his uncommon, unique life and why it's so important to do that. Terry, welcome to The Brave Files. Thank you, Heather. I'm looking forward to talking to you today. (laughs) Me too. We uh, the the technology gods made it challenging for us to get together, but we beat them. We did. Thank God, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are here. So I had to laugh. I think that's the most exhaustive biography I've ever read of any guest we've ever had on the show. You really have like done everything. 
Yeah, I, I, I listen to that and I think, gee, one of these days I got to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think it's really lovely to show that we sort of get a lot of different chances to do a lot of different things. And this, I, I didn't plan this question, but this seems to be coming up a lot in my in my life and in my work as a coach. How much of that is sort of being really present and aware to the opportunities as they present themselves? So, so much of my work is like focus, stay focused on where you are, look at what's happening around you. How does it make you feel? Because we miss the signs if we don't do that. We do. Mine is is probably for a, a different reason. If you, you know, I was like most 18, 19 year old kids when I went to college. I had no idea what I was supposed to do, you know, when I grew up. And and my dad, my, my dad's dad, my grandfather was a Chicago police officer from 1924 to 1954. So it was in Chicago during Prohibition, during the Great Depression, during the wow. gangs and all that stuff. And I don't remember him. He died when I was seven years old. But I remember the stories my grandmother told. And he was actually shot in the line of duty with his own gun. It wasn't serious. He was shot in the ankle. But my dad remembered the stories that my grandmother told about the knock on the door of Mrs. Tucker, grab your son. Your husband's been shot. Come with us. So he wanted me to be, you know, you're going to go into business. You're going to major in business. You're going to go into business when you get out. You're going to find a job. You're going to get married, have 2.4 kids and live in the south. My dad <laughs> had my entire life mapped out for me, but it was the life he wanted me to lead. Yeah. So those, those first two jobs in marketing and in hospital administration, I did because he was sick and dying of cancer. And I knew if I went into law enforcement, it would upset him. So I I always kind of joke, I did what every good son did. I waited till my dad passed away and then followed my <laughs> dreams. So It's so sad. I hear that, that general story kind of a lot. We, we somehow find ourselves down this life path that is somebody else's dream. Yeah. And, and you knew that though. I'm hearing you say that you always knew you were doing this for him and, and you didn't plan to continue it. No, I, I didn't. And, and you know, unfortunately for me, I was a 37-year-old rookie police officer, which is, is kind of old to be getting into that line of work. But it was, <laughs> it was my passion. It was my purpose. It was my why. So I did it. I love that. You use the term, your uncommon, unique life. What would you say makes your life unique and extraordinary? Well, I, I think certainly the, the number of jobs that I've had, but, <laughs> but most recently, the last nine years, I, I've been dealing with a very rare form of melanoma that presented on the bottom of my foot. And, and I, I had two surgeries to remove that and all the lymph nodes in my groin. I was put on a drug after that that, wow. that basically gave me flu-like symptoms for two to three days every week after each injection. And I took those weekly injections for almost five years. So imagine wow. having the flu. And that was just to keep the disease from coming back. It was not a cure. When that was stopped in 2017, the disease did come back. Oh, man. 2018, my left foot was amputated. 2019, two more surgeries when it came back in my shin. And then last year, an undiagnosed tumor in my ankle grew large enough that it uh, fractured my tibia, my shin bone. And during the middle of the pandemic, I had my left leg amputated and found out I had tumors in my lungs. So I look at that journey and I say, you know, had a lot of hard stuff, kind of the old Winston Churchill quote, you know, when you're going through hell, keep going. So yeah. I, I've, I've just kept going and have learned a lot. And in all honesty, I'm actually kind of thankful that I got cancer. Wow. That's a 
it's a a really deep level of self-awareness and that ability to find what's there for us in what could otherwise feel like somebody's out to get us. I so admire and respect that. That what's your prognosis right now? I'm gonna die. Um, it's, I, I'm undergoing a clinical trial for the tumors in my lungs. I have had some success and, and it's funny because I, my oncologist recently showed me the CAT scan of my lungs from back in 2020 and I have no medical background, but I kind of know what it's supposed to look like and what it's not. And, and I looked at it and I said, well, how was I alive? He's like, I have no idea, but for some reason you were. So I don't think God's done with me yet. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, you know, I don't worry about when I'm going to die. I always tell people way above my pay grade. So I, <laughs> I'll spend right? a lot of time on that. <laughs> we can't spend a lot of time. We can't. Uh, that, that makes me, that reminds me, there's a book out called The Immortalist. And it follows four fictional siblings who discover their death date and how knowing that I mean, it's a, it's a novel, right? But sure. still, it's really thought-provoking how knowing that date manifested it to be so. Like, how does your life change if you if you think you know how it's going to end? Right. And right. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't want to know. I am I am on I'm on record as saying I would never want to know that, even if somebody told me they could tell me. <laughs> I don't want to know. Wow, it's um. I mean, what a you hear this? I feel like it's almost placating. Like, what a incredible thing to rise up from over and over again to be sick like that all the time and, and to struggle. What What is it for you in there? You said you're kind of grateful to it. Why? What, what are you getting from this? I guess clarity. I, mm. I, I have developed what I've called my my four truths that, that I use to kind of guide my my life along with, with the three F's. And, and I'll give them to you real quick. They're just one <laughs> sentence and, and I, I have them on a post-it notes. And that's something else I guess I'd recommend and I'm sure you do too to, to the people that you coach that you know if you, if you got something you wanna do, write it down. Don't type it, actually write it out in your own yeah. handwriting and put it somewhere where you see it all the time. So you get yeah. those little reminders. So here are, the, here are the four truths. First one is you need to control your mind or mm-hmm. it will control you. The second one is embrace the pain and the difficulty that we all experience in life and use that to make you a stronger and more determined individual. Number three is more of a legacy truth and it's what we leave behind is what we weave in the hearts of other people. That's right. And then the fourth one is pretty self-explanatory. As long as you don't quit, you can never be defeated. And, And I had a nurse recently who asked me, it's like, you know, what was it like to, to, to lose your foot and then to lose your leg? And, and I told her, I said, it's, it's not been easy. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. I'm still trying to learn to walk and, and things like that. I said, but it kind of goes back to the old Jim Valvano quote from North Carolina State who won the Arthur Ashe Award at the ESPYs in 1993. He was dying of cancer. And he, he said, you know, cancer can take all my physical faculties, but it can't touch my heart. It can't touch my mind and it can't touch my soul. I didn't understand that in 1993. I understand that now. This is just a, a vessel, a facade that, that houses who I really am. So you can cut off whatever you want, but that doesn't change who Terry Tucker is. Man, I love that. I, I, I think that's so wildly spot on is that the rest of it are just, are just things 
and and you at the core of you, you were you. And and I, oh my goodness, let's dig in on on. I think it was the third one about the legacy. Talk to me about coming to a clarity of that, and what does that mean for you? What do you weave into the lives of others? I, I think when you know initially, I, we talked a little bit about you know my dad wanting me to lead a certain life, and then me leading a different life, the, the reason, the purpose that I felt like I was here. Th- that purpose had to change when my wife lost her job and we had to move. But right now, in all honesty, I think it's pretty simple for me. I just want to put as much goodness, positivity, love, and peace back into the world as I possibly can with whatever amount of time I have left. Yeah. And how do you do that? I mean, you do it. You're doing it right now. You're doing it here. But I suspect... Uh, I could be wrong, that you very thoughtfully and intentionally do that in lots of other ways in your life. And I want to hear. I, I think you do. I, I had a I had a nurse, uh, a lot of nurse stories. You know, you hang around hospitals a lot, you get a lot of nurse stories. I, I had a nurse one time that when I first met her, she was in training uh, on the unit. She'd already been a nurse, but was in training in the infusion unit. And then several months later, she was was taking care of me individually. And, and she, she told me, she's like, I want to tell you a story, but I'm really... Uh, nervous about telling him, like, just tell me. She's and she's a young woman. She's about 25 years old. She said, when I first met you, she said I was going to get out of nursing. She said I'd had a friend that had that had died. I was in a very dark place. I talked to my mom and dad. I was going to quit nursing. I was going to go to work for Amazon. And she said, and then I met you, and I saw what you go through every day. That you show up every day and give it everything you got. And I, I heard about your story. And she said, I realized. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Now, if she had never told me that story, I would have had no idea that my life had an impact on her. You know, and and we have a lot of people today that are like, you know, life is all about me. One thing I learned in team sports is that I was part of something bigger than me. If I didn't do my job, not only did I let myself down, but I let my teammates down, my coaches down, my fans down, my parents down. And if you think about it, the biggest team sport that we all play is the game of life. And, yeah. you know, we like to think that it's all about us, but it's not. We are all connected. It's not about me. It's about us. And yeah. the sooner we yeah. think about that, you know, and the sooner you realize that, Heather, there's somebody out there that you don't even know, but looks up to you and wants to be like you. You don't know who those people are. Can you Absolutely. imagine living your life thinking about that? Who's watching me? You know, there's an old saying from John Wooden, a basketball coach in UCLA, that goes, a careful person I want to be, a little person follows me. I dare not go astray for fear they may go the same way. Mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. quote. Yeah. I just had a, a very similar conversation with a, a woman who uh, is a pretty big influencer on Twitter. We met on Twitter. It's really random. And somehow, and she, she feels that embracing that and leaning into that and using that platform uh, makes her look like a braggart, makes her look icky because she was raised by a narcissistic parent. Right. And, um, and I said, Oh, but you could be one of those influencers that show people it doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be that way. And you and they rise up with you. You can take them with you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I, it, it is. If you think about the influence that you have on people, you have no idea who those people are. 
what you know it kind of goes back to the legacy you know what yeah. legacy are you leaving are, are, are you know would your ancestors be proud of the life that you've lived what are what are people going to say about you at your funeral and i'm not saying you have to live a life based on what other people are saying you've got to live right. a life that's true to you but if you don't like what people are saying now especially when you're young you've got time to change that but but that's only if you think about the end game and so many of us don't think about it until we're there and by then it's way too late to do anything about it. Yeah. 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 Spending our time thinking about what we leave behind is something. Actually, I have a book coming out uh, here at the end of October, and I have an entire chapter dedicated to legacy in general, but what we leave behind unknowingly, the the unknown impact that we have on people we engage with every day. I love the story about the nurse who fell back in love with nursing because she could help people like you, because she could meet people like you. And if we always show up in a space energetically, physically, emotionally um, of giving and supporting and even receiving, I think that there's it's uncapped. The potential to have an, an impact, whether you know about it or you don't know about it, is immense. It, it, it is. And, you know, if you think about it, we we're all going to experience pain in our lives. And, and it doesn't have to be cancer pain like me. You know, I mean, you, you could flunk a test at school or break up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, or not get the job that you thought you deserved at, at your office. We're all going to experience pain. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Suffering yeah. is what you do. I mean, if you're going to sit down there in the muck and the gunk and the garbage and want people to feel sorry for you and feel sorry for yourself, that's suffering. But if you yeah. use that pain to make you stronger, to make you tougher, to more, to make you more determined, then that pain has a purpose. Yeah, I hear that. I'm actually reading The Choice by Edith Egger right now. She's a Holocaust survivor. And um, it's a great book. Really highly recommend it for, for everyone. And she talks about the difference between victimization and being a victim. Because victimization is a real thing. People cause harm. Bad things happen. And they deserve to be acknowledged or are punished, and they have to be. We have to get through them. But but being a victim is a choice. Yeah, that's a choice. And um, you know, I think it takes a bit of a rare person, and I think you might be one of those people. She, you know, she became a a psychologist and a motivational speaker on how to take shitty things and do good things with them. She was in the freaking Holocaust. Right. She was in a concentration camp, right? Right. Um, and, and what you're going through is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And yet here you are using it for a greater good um, for everyone, but also for you and for what time you have left here to be worthy. Yeah. I, I, I really think this is something bigger than me. You know, yeah. that, that, that this is, it, it, you know, I, I've been given this gift of cancer. That's a great title for a book now that I thought about it. Okay, you know, I was so like, I, you are writing a book, right, Terry? Come on now. I wrote a book and, and now I'm, you know, I wrote a book called Sustainable Excellence, The Ten Principles Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. But it's a, it's a book about success, how we can be successful. And I think mm -hmm. I'd like my next book to be about another S word, and that's significance. You know, yeah. success is what we do for ourselves. We are successful. But significance yeah. is what we do for other people. Now, I think you can be both. I think you can be sure. successful and significant. 
but I think I'd like the next book to be about how people can be significant. So that's that's something I'm playing with right now, and and I, I I'm not as good as you of, of putting out books, so it, it's taken me a lot a little <laughs> longer a to figure this thing out. <laughs> it's not a game, but I would love to have you write it. I would love to to read it and share it. And I think if you do that from a, a memoiristic style, it could really resonate with people, and open up their hearts and minds to things that they, you know, they wouldn't otherwise know existed. You know, that's, there's an uncommon truth in we cannot aspire to something we do not know exists. And many of us who come from this really notable place of, of privilege and we've seen people thrive and succeed, there are people all over the world who've never seen anybody thrive or succeed. It's hard to imagine what that could look like and feel like. And so you never, again, you never know who's who's going to read this that it lights their fire. Like, oh, I could do that. This could be okay. This could be better than okay. It's really magical. Terry, I can't imagine that every day is good and that every day feels good. I mean, you are clearly an energetic, upbeat person, wonderful energy. How how do you get yourself through the times where it just doesn't feel like it wants to be good? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, I, and I don't want to come across as somebody who has all the answers. I, I, I don't. There's no S on my chest. I don't wear a cape and fly around with super, you know, I, I don't. I have bad days. I, I mean, last time I was in treatment, I, would, I remember it was a Wednesday. I'm sitting in a room. I'm shaking. I'm throwing up. I have a fever. I feel horrible. I'm crying. And all a nurse did was come in and put her arm around me. You know, I, I, I so it, I guess what it, it kind of goes back to, you know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. I, I get that. I, I, I have bad days. I get down. I get depressed. I just don't allow myself to stay there. You know, I, I realize that our brains are hardwired to avoid pain and discomfort and to seek pleasure. But what, what I'm saying, especially with that second truth that I gave you, is instead of running from that pain, and we all know, I, you know, people run from it through alcohol or drugs or, you know, bad behavior or things like that. But what if you didn't run from it? What if you took it and flipped it inside and used it as, as energy or burned it as fuel to make you stronger, to make you more determined. I mean, you lose your job. You know what? Yeah, it's horrible. Life sucks. How am I going to pay the bills? But you know what? I'm going to use that and I'm going to go to work for my competitor and I'm going to show that company, hey, you fired me. Look what you missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole fear of, of disappointing or making a mistake keeps us from doing just about anything. And I see it with clients all the time, this ability to, like, oh, I say, what's the worst thing that could happen? If you choose to fight for this or if you if you choose to m- make a decision to, you know, fight the, the cancer instead of giving in, if you choose to have a conversation or show up in a space or be vulnerable or open-minded, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then what's the best thing that could happen? Exactly. And, and, and is it worth it? it? And, you know, one of the chapters that I wrote in my book and and the one that resonates most for me because I've done it, and, and, and you've probably done it too, and, you're like, and the chapter is titled, Most People Think With Their Fears and Their Insecurities Instead of Using Their Minds. It's just like you said, how many people are going to be, yeah, I'd really like to do that. Ooh, wait a minute, that, that scares me. Or what if I fail? What are people going to say about me? Who cares? Who cares what people are going to say about you? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to the, <laughs> you know, if I'd never met you, but I knew the five people you hung around with the most, I could probably tell you a lot about you. 
Yeah. You know. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, why do you, if people are going to, you know, bully you and, and say bad, I mean, I was 13 years old. I was six foot five, had great big Dumbo ears that my, my head had not caught up with my ears yet. And a size 14 skinny foot. I got teased mercilessly. What did I do? I put that into basketball. Did I get, and I got a scholarship to play mm-hmm. in college. So, you know, I mean, you can take all that crap that, that we all experience, but why wouldn't you take a chance? Because I always tell, especially young people, if there's a passion for, in your heart, in your soul that you want to do, but it scares you, do it. Because at the end of your life, the things you're going to regret are not going to be the things you did. They're going to be things you didn't do. And by then it's going to be too late to go back and do them. Absolutely. If it scares you, it's a pretty good indicator that it's probably something you want to do. One of my favorite all-time favorite quotes is Vincent van Gogh, where he says, if the voice inside your head says you cannot paint, then by all means paint and the voice will be silenced. Yep. That's a great quote. It's a great one. And I love that. And I mean, that's brave is my business, Terry. That's what we're here for, right? It's the brave files. I I have the brave method coaching platform. I have the intentionally brave entrepreneurs program. I have the brave on purpose collective. Like that is exactly what it's about is, is listening to that because I think so many people push it down. They shove it away. They ignore it. Oh, it's too scary. I'm not going to think about it. Fear is just an informant. Yeah. Learn something from it and then go, okay, you can, I can be scared. That's all right. Go ahead and tuck it in your pocket and do the freaking thing anyway. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, I always, when, when our daughter failed and we're, we're very fortunate, our daughter went to the United States Air Force Academy and is a lieutenant in the new branch of the military, the Space Force. And to be on the ground floor of a new branch of the military is incredibly exciting. But I remember so many times when she failed and the first thing that would pop into my head would be good. Because now yeah. you have an opportunity to learn. You have an yeah. opportunity to grow. So you know, that's another chapter I put in my book is, you know, fail often, especially when you're young. You know, nobody sets out to fail. But when you do it and you learn something from it, now you're a better person. Now you're a stronger person. Now you're a more determined person. 100%. 100%. It's failing forward. It's the... It's the only way. If you're never failing, you're never trying, right? right. There's no there's no growth opportunity if you're not trying and, and not failing. So I love that. And that's very cool that your daughter does that. It is. I'm very proud of her. I mean, I think of all the, the challenges, the learning disabilities, that, and the things she was diagnosed with in grade school, and, and to go from there to overcoming all that, to walking across the stage on that May afternoon and shaking hands with the President of the United States while she got her diploma, you know, as a parent, didn't get much better than that. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. Well, I I love that she's doing that. And and I love how you celebrated her failures. I actually have another friend who's going to come on the show in a little while. She she quit being a surgeon to be a coach because she gave up one thing she loved for something she loved more, which I think is just always incredible. And she and her kids have a, a daily – and this is going to really – we do, my family and I, we do gratitude every day. And they do, she's like, what did you fail at today? And makes it a celebration. What did you fail at today? And they talk about it. And, oh my gosh, wow, how did that feel? What did we learn? What are we going to do differently from that? And I just love that so much. It is, especially in a society we want instant gratification. You know, I just yeah. want to go out and I want to be successful at it. Well, guess what? Life doesn't work like that. Anything worth having in life is going to be hard to get. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that leads me to a question that I, I love to ask, and I'm actually really excited to ask you, is, is how do you celebrate anything, big or small, personal successes, business successes, anything? How do you celebrate? How do I celebrate? <sighs> That's a great question. You know, I've never thought about that. <laughs> I, and I, I'm not sure I have a good answer for you. I, I honestly would have to think about that. I, I mean, I, I think with praise, with congratulations and things like that, but, but more so, I, I, you know, when my, especially when our daughter does something, you know, it's like, okay, you did something good, great. What'd you learn? You know, there's always that, what did you learn from that, good or bad, but especially something that, you, that, you know, you, you did something great, congratulations. You graduated from the Air Force Academy. What'd you learn? What'd you learn about yourself? Well, so for, I lo I think that's great, but also I would really urge you to, to to utilize the time that you have left here. Cele the thing about celebration is the more we celebrate, the more we have to celebrate. And when we blow past it and don't acknowledge it and share it, we miss an opportunity to inspire others, to bring them up with us, to get them excited, to, to own what we're doing well. Obviously, we need to learn from our failures, but also every single day, there are a number of opportunities to say, oh, I did that thing, and that thing was good, and I want to honor that thing, and I want to spend time in that space, and be I want to share that with somebody. And it's contagious, and it really raises the vibration in a, in a room, in a relationship, in a community. Yeah, I, and, and I'm probably guilty of one of, of being one of those people that, that just kind of blow through it. You know, yeah, I did it. I expected to do it. So like, what's next? That's probably more my personality in all honesty. Yeah, and I mean, everybody's different, but I think it'd be really fun to have you check back in and let me know if you chose to to be intentional about some celebration. Sure. Um, I, I, I believe that it could have a truly an even more tremendous impact on all of the wonderful things that you're doing and and through this moment. Celebration is one of those things that helps us get through struggles, just like gratitude does. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, the celebrating a day where you don't feel like shit. Today I did not feel like <laughs> shit. And I am so excited about it. And you wanna like, you know, do a little chair dance with your shoulders or whatever. Right, or, right, right. You know, <laughs> Give your wife a kiss or whatever it is, sure. right? So, um, and those moments are the mo those moments matter when we talk about they leaving do. a lasting impact. Those things, those things really, really matter. Yeah, I love that. Um, all right, so this has been such a great conversation, and I, I, I've so enjoyed it. I get to ask you now: What is your favorite charitable organization to support? The the one that I've kind of come to support recently is called the Wounded Blue Foundation, and it helps first responders who, you know, we always hear about when first responders die, but what about the ones who don't die, but get yeah. wounded and things like that? And, and and they help people financially and families financially. And they also help uh, first responders with post-traumatic stress and things like that. So That's the woundedblue.org is how you can get a hold of them. Awesome. Thank you. They'll be our charity of the week. We'll give them a little love. And I so appreciate you bringing that organization to our audience so that they can get to know more about them. Terry, will you share your three words with us one last time? Sure. Faith, family, and friends. So tell me about your three Fs. Faith has gotten me through this cancer journey. Without a doubt, probably would be dead by it. 
My my family has been, I'll I'll say that about them too. I know I'd be dead without them. I I always tell the story when I was, (laughs) when when I first found out I had tumors in my lungs, my doctor wanted to do chemotherapy. And I was like, "Eh, I don't think so. But I'll go home and talk to my family. And so, I mean, it's just me, my daughter and, and my wife. And my daughter's immediately got to have a family meeting. I'm like, family meeting? There's three of us. What, I mean, what do you mean a family meeting? <laughs> you know, and it was like, so we, we, we sit down around the kitchen table and we talk about it. And I tell my side and, and they talk about it. And, and then my daughter's like, all right, let's have a vote. Who, who wants to have, to have chemotherapy? And the two of them raise their hands. So I get outvoted two to one. I end up having chemotherapy. So, but, but I remember the story when I was in the police academy, the, the defensive tactics instructor that I had used to have us bring a photo of the people we love the most to class. And as we learn to defend ourselves, we would look at that photo because he reasoned you will fight harder for the people you love than you will fight for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, yes, absolutely. We do, we do fight harder. I, I you know, it's one of the reasons that I, I talk to people about self-love, self-care, self-compassion, which is super trite and, and it's a little outdone. But when we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of the people that we love and want to be there for. And it's truly important. And so I'm like, if you actually care and love your family, if you care and love your clients, you have to prioritize your own self-care, self-love, mental health, all of that. It's just vitally important. I, I love it. Terry, you are an inspiration and a, a ball of energy, a ball of fire. Where can people grab your book or if they want to connect with you, where would they do that? Yeah, Sustainable Excellence, you can get pretty much online anywhere uh, you can get a book. It's on Amazon. It's on barnesandnoble.com. It's on Apple iBooks. Uh, I have a daily blog that I put up a thought for the day, a motivational thought for the day. I put up the Monday morning motivational message, and that is at motivationalcheck.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Y'all go and connect with with Terry. Obviously, you're going to get your dose of no-nonsense energy and and all of that fun stuff. I actually think there's a lot of celebration in what you do. So, you know, I can't wait to hear back from you about all of that. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Heather, for having me on. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. All right, listeners, I hope that you loved this episode. I want to hear what you think. You can send me an email anytime. It's heather at vickeryandco.com. I want to connect with you. I will respond personally. It'd be my pleasure. How are you out choosing bravely today? And one last thing, if you haven't already joined us in the Brave on Purpose Collective, come and do that. We are there just for people like you who are ready to step out of fear and into bravery in all of the possible ways. It's totally free. Just search Brave on Purpose in Facebook and come and hang out. Thank you for being here with us. We will talk to you next week. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every day to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love 
and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash librofm. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash librofm. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time? Or you don't know how, or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started, and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery and Co-Success Coaching. Coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>